Our focus this morning is on this idea of trusting God, believing Him in His Word, resting in Him. We get that from our scripture verse, our memory verse for this week, or passage maybe would be a better way of saying it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And I was sorely tempted. I, I almost went to 7, but I decided we'll do it 6. So if you've memorized it at 7, you'll just have to um, chop it off right there. And, and maybe you've memorized this like some of us have in other translations. So I know it, it adds a little bit of difficulty to it. But let's go ahead and, and say it. Gonna be on, uh, each verse is on its own slide, so we're not going to see the words disappear, but the second time and then the third time we'll, we'll take away more of the big words and hopefully start getting that into our, <clears throat> our gray matter there. Begins in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Uh, begins and say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And uh, I, I, I struggle with do not lean. I, you might hear me emphasize that because I, I want to say and lean not, but do not lean. So let's, tr- let's take away some of those words and let's try it again. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Good. Let's take away some more of those words last time, and then we'll get into our message for the day. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Very good, very good. I know this is kind of like when we did Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. This is a, a lot more than just a verse, but we can do it. And if you apply yourself to it, maybe if you use that Verse Locker app, if you want to get that on your phone, uh, it, there's, it's got a lot of tools that can help you get it there. But the main thing, remember, the main thing isn't that we get it perfect necessarily, although that's good. The main thing is that we dwell on it and it, not only enter into our heads, but enter into our hearts, that we would live by this. Last week, we looked at fear. We looked at seeking wisdom and gaining understanding by the fear of the Lord and by knowledge of the Holy One. And today, we are still in Proverbs, and we are looking at now trust. Trusting God. Trusting God wholly. Just as, as uh, you know, we need to, to fear Him and to, 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 to gain wisdom begins by an attitude that says, what does God desire? I don't want to go against God. Similarly, we have the ability to go our own way, to have our own understanding. And this aspect, these verses encourage us to trust God. And so that's why I've entitled it Trust This Week. If you look at verse 5 there, the very first verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now we've looked at doing things with all of our heart 
in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we said to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And if you might recall when we looked at that, that the word heart means a person's inner soul, their mind, their will, their volition, you might say. What we would say today is of, of our minds, back then they said that of their hearts. And where, what we say today of our hearts, you know, a, a broken heart or a compassionate heart, well, that was a little bit further down in, in the Hebrew mind too. That was their intestines. You know, when they had compassion, they felt it, felt it in their gut, not in their heart. And when they thought and decided and had willpower, that wasn't up here in their head, that was here in their heart, their desire. And so when we're told to trust in the Lord, and remember that's all cap, so we're using, uh, we're, we're using that in the place of God's name, Yahweh. Trust in Yahweh, a personal knowing God, a God you can know, not some other idea, not some unknown entity, a, 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 a supreme being that's so far away that you can't know him. But no, trust in Yahweh, a personal God who has created you, who loves you, who sent his son to die on the cross for you, who has called you out from all people to be his. Trust in him with all your heart. In other words, not just a portion of you, not just a section of you, and not just, not just a, a part of your own life, but the whole thing. And, and, and that's what he's calling us to, is to, to give yourself fully to the Lord. To give yourself fully to the Lord. When you trust someone or you trust something, you give yourself over to them. You become vulnerable to them. When I was a teenager, I, I uh, you know, always trying to make yourself big and bad. I was doing an outward bound type thing with the Officers Christian Fellowship up in Colorado, and we were repelling. We were doing rock climbing and rappelling. And I had made, you know, some proper big tough guy teenage stuff. Oh, I'll, I'll never trust this. I'll, I won't trust it. I got to hold on with my own hands. You know, I, I don't trust the rope. And my instructor encouraged me at the very top of the cliff to lean back and let go of that rope, to trust the carabiner, to trust the belay, to trust everything and not myself. To do that, you have to let go. You have to make yourself vulnerable to the one or the thing that you're trusting. Okay? If, it, to trust that carabiner meant to let go of the rope, that I can't hold on if it breaks. No, if it breaks, I'm gone. So I'm going to trust it, and it's going to be big enough and strong enough to hold me. That was what he wanted to do. And that's what, that's what the, the, the King Solomon the, in this proverb is encouraging us and telling us to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Give yourself fully to the Lord. To trust, the, the word that is translated here actually comes from a, an, a, an Arabic word which meant to lie extended on the ground 
face down. Or, or sometimes the verb was used to throw somebody on the ground. But to lie extended on the ground face down. I don't know about you, but if you were to lie down and then everybody were to come and walk over you, wouldn't that make you just a little bit nervous? You have to trust that every single one of those people is going to step over and not on. My uh, sons are, are being taught some self-defense, some judo uh, and other things. I don't know exactly what all they're, they're learning uh, in our co-op that meets here on Wednesday mornings. And their instructor uh, was, was explaining to the older boys, and I'm in there to help out as a, uh, an assistant teacher. He was talking about when, when they're grappling on the ground and they're, they're, uh, you're, you're underneath another person, almost all of them had the desire to roll over onto their stomach. And it's natural. You, you want to protect your vitals. And so it's, it's kind of natural. If you were uh, knocked down on the ground, one of the first things you're going to do is roll over onto your stomach and try to protect your head. You're going to try to protect those parts of your body that you really don't want to get stepped on. The problem is, is that when you do that, when you're grappling with somebody, when you're wrestling with somebody, is he, he said you're giving up your back. You become vulnerable when you do that. You become out of control of the situation. If you're fighting, it's better to stay on your back and keep your, your front to your opponent. But if you roll over, now they can control you. Now they can manipulate you and, and force you into submission. It's a dangerous thing to give up your back. But that is exactly what trust is. Trust says Roll over on your stomach and give your back up to God. Trust says, let go of, of your will and trust Him. That is what trusting is. So when we want to give yourself fully to the Lord, and it, by way of a, a, an aside, it, anytime you're going to trust another human being, what are you doing? You're allowing them to have the ability to hurt you. You are trusting them that they will not do that. But if you ever trust somebody with a secret, if you ever trust somebody with a concern, if you ever trust somebody with a decision you're making in your life, you're hoping that they won't hurt you with that. That they won't use it against you. The alternative, as we see here in Proverbs 3.5, is to lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. Whereas trust is... Uh, making yourself vulnerable, leaning, the word literally means to support yourself. All right? And I won't go too far because I'd get out of the screen, but I so badly want to go and lean against a wall. But if you're going to lean against a wall, you're going to know it's there. Right? You won't lean against something, and sometimes we've all done that, where we thought a chair or a wall was a little bit closer than we did, and we went to leaning, and we stumble. You know, because it wasn't as close as we thought it was. When you lean on something, you know it's there and you, you use it to rest, to secure yourself. But the focus is that it's something that you are doing to support yourself. So to lean on your own understanding is to support yourself on your own thoughts, your own way of understanding the world. Now we looked at last week that knowledge of the Holy One, the knowledge of the Holy One 
is understanding. And so when we're, when we're talking about do not lean on your own understanding, we're, we're not talking about discernment that you get from the Lord. Understand, lean on your own understanding, that word understanding has within it, in the Hebrew, the idea of discernment, the ability to, to see things and understand what's going on. Now, to lean on your own understanding doesn't mean that if you happen to be an electrician and you know how things work, that you listen to the pastor because he knows God or something, right? No. If you're dealing with electricity and if you're dealing with rewiring something, you ignore the man who spends his time in an office with a book and doesn't know about electricity. That's not what we're talking about. Obviously, if, if you're dealing with something and you've walked with God and you've studied Scripture and you have a certain understanding, that's not what we're talking about. That's not your own understanding. We're talking about something apart from God, apart from the wisdom that you can have, that we would lean on or trust. Kind of like when I was a teenager, holding on to that rope. That was my own understanding. i got to be big. i got to be tough. i got to hold on to the rope. No, that was foolishness. That was silly. I needed to listen to the mature man who said, let go of the rope, trust the harness. And that's what we are called here. When you lean on something, you know it's there. But you know, when you lay down flat and you give up your back, sometimes I do that when I'm wrestling with the kids, you know, and, and, and nobody can pick me up and crack my back, but sometimes they can walk on my back and give me a little bit of relief. But, you know, even a little kid, when they're walking on your back, if they decide to turn you into a trampoline, it can hurt. It can hurt. And sometimes the little ones, they like to turn you into a trampoline without your knowing it. You know, you're, they're walking, and you're like, oh, that feels good. And they think everybody knows more is better, right? So if this is good, well, then this is going to be great, Right? And I can still in my body just feel the tenseness of trusting the little ones not to do permanent damage or crack a rib or something. But that's what you do. You give yourself up to another and trust them. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how they're going to go. You don't know if they're going to be kind. But the things I lean on, I can know about them. And that's the contrast we're going with here. You see... When we're called to trust God, we don't know exactly where God's headed. We don't know exactly what God's doing. But we're called to trust Him, to, to give ourselves up to Him fully. We're told not to lean on our own understanding. Well, I know my own understanding. I know my own thoughts of how to do things. When I lean against something, it's there, and I can, I can be sure of it. And what, the, what Solomon is telling us in this proverb is that God's unknown, those things that we are not sure about, that we, we can't see because we, we're laying on our stomachs and we don't know what He's going to do with our back, God's unknown is more reliable than your known. When He says, don't trust your own understanding, don't lean on your own understanding, He understands those things that we have, our understanding is what we know. I don't know much, but I know this. And what he's saying is, the, the God's unknown. Now, God knows it. What we're talking about is my, I don't know. God's 
decisions, God's plans, God's directions, what God is going to do next, those things that I am not privy to, is more reliable than the things I would choose to lean on. And another way I've thought about thinking is, you know, God's mist is more reliable than my rock. That's, that's what he's telling us here when he says, do not lean on your own understanding. That doesn't mean that if you've studied and you've prayed and you've come to understanding through the Holy Spirit, that you say, oh, I won't lean on that. No, that, that's something you can trust because you're trusting in God. But we all know there are parts in our lives and there are ways that we know what God says and we just think, man, I don't see how that's going to work out. We know what God has said and, I, and we think, that's going to hurt. That's going to leave me vulnerable. They're going to take advantage of me if I do that. And we have our own understanding and our own understanding is protect yourself. Our own understanding is, is do this thing so that they can't do that thing. And he says, no. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't hold a little bit back. Don't, don't lean against this saying, I'm trusting God. No, give up what you're leaning on, your own understanding. Trust in the Lord instead. The, the second verse continues this idea. It's interesting, though, I think. You know, we just said, do not lean on your own understanding. And then the very next verse is, in all your ways, you know, we're talking about our understanding, but now we turn to in all your ways. Now, what are we talking about when we say in all your ways, acknowledge him? Well, your way is the path and the walk that you choose, the manner in which you live. It, it comes from a verb that meant to tread. And it's funny, if you were to look it up in a, in a um, concordance, a lot of the words that this uh, a lot of the situations that this word is used in, that we, would, uh, we don't translate it as tread, this verb. It, it's used of talking about bending a bow. The idea that you tread the bow. Such a weird... Uh, Hebrew is a wonderful language with interesting nuances because it's all based on the verbs, and they used verbs that we translate in different ways for the same thing. So the idea of the movement of the bow, the movement of your life, how you walk, the, the direction you go, the, the trudging and the treading, that's your ways. In all your ways, in all the places, in all the ways that you would walk, your, your life basically, how you live, we are told acknowledge. Now this is not you score a touchdown and, or you kneel down. No, not after the fact do you say, oh, all glory to God. No, in all your ways, acknowledge him. The word to acknowledge him means to know. The Hebrew word yada. You know, we, we kind of say yada, yada, yada. Well, yada means to know. To ascertain by seeing. To uh, be aware and so the idea that you, we would, we would uh, acknowledge him in all of our ways doesn't mean that after you've gone and done something, you say, all glory to God. Or, or oh, well, well, Jesus got me through it. No. It means that as you're going on your way, you ascertain the Lord by seeing. You, you seek to know him 
in your ways, not after the fact, prior to it, as you're going along, you seek to know him and to know where he is going. I, I, would, I would say it's, it's very similar to uh, when I was in officer's candidate school for the Marine Corps, we had to take land navigation courses. We had to do it in the daytime and we had to do it at night. And then part of each training cycle was taking first a fire team and then a squad through land navigation to attack an outpost. You started at one place, you were given the coordinates of the final place, you had a map, you had a compass, and you had 13 guys looking at you saying, where are we going? And what you had to do was you had to orient that compass to the magnetic north and figure out where I was, and then you orient the map to that compass, and then you orient yourself to that map and compass and say, okay, our objective is that way, I'm facing this way, so let me, okay, I got three fingers to go over, and then you would start walking. And you had to keep track of where everybody was, and you also had to keep track of where you were on that map with that compass. That, that's, that's acknowledge Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. While you're walking through life, every now and then you've got to check back in. Am I in the right path? Is this what I expected to find based on what God has told me? Not once I get there, all glory to God, I did it on my own. No. We would seek Him and be aware of Him and seek to follow Him as we are walking. That's what the, 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 the proverb is telling us is that, uh, that we should give ourselves fully to the Lord because even if we don't know what He is doing and we can't see what He is doing, we can trust Him more than what we can see and what we can hold on to in our own knowledge. And that within that life, as you walk through your life, seek God's way throughout your life. No matter what ways you happen to be traveling on or the journey that you are on, the idea is, is that on this step, what's God doing? Where is God? What would God want me to do in this place, in this time, in this situation? Sometimes that's all you've got to ask. I, I remember years ago uh, getting to the place where you, know, you always want to be able to, to share your faith and, and to see people come to know Jesus Christ. But you don't always have time for that. So in a little way, what I would do, I, I would be in a conversation with somebody and they would share something. And I would think to myself, what can I do today? What can I do in this moment, in this time? What can I say? What can I bring to mind that would help them along the journey to finding God? I don't have to take them to the gospel. I don't have to take them to the cross today necessarily if, if that's not readily available. But what can I do today? What can I do at this time? And I would just ask, I would say a quick little prayer, Lord, what would you have me say in response to this? You know, my desire, my understanding is I'm not a good Christian if I don't take them to the cross and and invite them to accept Jesus today. But you might not have all that time. I was once on a, a commuter train you know, in Denver, and, and I was sitting across a couple of guys, and they were telling me about their dad, and they didn't have a very good relationship with their dad. My stop was coming. 
I did not exactly have time to take them down the Roman road. So the little prayer went up. Okay, God, I'm not seeking my wisdom, my understanding. Okay, God, what would you have me do in the next minute before I leave and never see these guys again? You've placed them in my life. I have crossed paths with them. What's your purpose in this? And the best I had at that moment was just to acknowledge with them what a shame it is that our earthly fathers don't measure up to a heavenly father. And I was sorry and lamented with them that they didn't have a good example at least. Some of us have good examples of of the heavenly father. They don't measure up, but they help point the way. They always have their failures, and we all do, but they help point the way. But these guys had a, a dad who, from what they shared, had hurt them. And I didn't have much time other than just to try to redirect them away from their dad back to their heavenly father. Who knows what happened of that. But the focus was that throughout your life, we would seek God's way. To say, okay, God, here I am in this situation. What do you want me to do in this situation? What would you have me do? Not what I think I should be doing if I'm going to get my check mark when I go to Sunday school next week. But Lord, what would you have me do? And, and every aspect of our life can be led in that. That we would seek Him to, to acknowledge Him, to understand Him, to ascertain what He is doing by, by seeing. And, and here's the wonderful thing, is that this comes with a promise. If you seek God's way throughout your life, the promise comes that it, He will make your paths straight. Now some of us have understood from uh, different translations that say He will direct your paths. Okay, The word is literally to make straight or to make smooth, to make easy, to make right. And, and you can think of it and sometimes it's the idea of to redeem a path, to, to make it straight again. I mean, think of it. If, if, if you're walking and you need your path to be made straight, doesn't that infer that maybe your path was crooked at the beginning? But not necessarily always. In Isaiah, God said He was going to send forth His messenger to make straight the pathways of the Lord. That for Jesus, before Jesus came, and I don't think anybody can say that Jesus' path was crooked, that John was going to come first. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. What do we mean by to make something straight? We are told here that the promise is that if we acknowledge uh, Him in all of our ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Now sometimes He might have to take a crooked path and straighten it up again. He might have to redeem us from a path we've gone down. But it has more the idea, when we talk about paths here, we had ways in the first part of the verse, now we have paths. Ways was um, how a person treads or the road they're on. The path, the word there means to wander, to journey, to go. It's less focused on the actual motions of the walk, and it has to do with the overall journey, including the destination. And, and so as we walk, if we seek Him, He will make the journey 
that we are on straight. That doesn't mean it will be easy. When, when he says makes the pathway smooth, that doesn't mean it will be easy. It's kind of like going back to my land nav. Uh, I could figure out where the objective was. That objective might be over a couple of fingers. It might be through a few valleys. It might be through a stream of water or even through a river. It wouldn't necessarily always be an easy path, but it would be straight. I would know that I could go to this point, and when I got to that point, I could turn to this direction and go to that point. It would be direct. It would be straight. But only if I kept my focus, looking at the surroundings around me and then checking back with my map and my compass. Am I, am I on the right path? Only then does it become straight. It can still be a difficult walk, and maybe in our lives it will be difficult as well. What we're told is that he will make your paths straight. And I think what that ultimately means, not easy, but that God will go before us. He will prepare the way. And truly, if your path is going to be straight, whose path are you going to be walking? There is one whose path is always straight. There is one whose path is always direct. And I think as we, as we focus less of our attention on what we can lean on, our own understanding, and trust Him, and we start looking for Him in all of our ways, on all of the ways that we walk and how we live our lives, if we're looking for Him, then what we find isn't that He fixes our path. We find that God will align your path with His that he will make your path straight because your path will become his path. You will become and turned onto his path. And you will walk with him. That's how your path becomes straight. And this is the promise we have that if we seek him, if we continue to, to look for him and to, to know him, asking, okay, God, what would you do? What would you have me do? It's become cliche since I was a Christian, when I was uh, first becoming a Christian, you know, a whole bunch of Christian swag came out with rings and bookmarks and, you know, and it all had WWJD on it. And it's such a shame that it became such a cliche because it's so true. What a wonderful question that I don't know about you, I'm sometimes afraid to ask. Maybe I'm not afraid to ask, I just don't want the answer. What would Jesus do? I don't know that that's necessarily always the question. I think a better question is, what would Jesus have me do? But what would Jesus do? God, what would you have me do in this place? How, how are you working? How would you have me work? And when we do that, God will align your path with his. He will make your path straight. All of this, all of this has to do with one simple idea. Trust. Do we trust him? Do we trust him even though we can't see him? We can see the evidence of him, but do we see him? No. Do we know what he's doing? Has he told us, don't worry, in three months I've got a great plan for you? No. We don't know. And that unknown scares us, and it's so much easier to hold on to what we do know and to lean on our own understanding. But if we trust Him and let go of our own understanding, if we trust Him and seek Him as we walk through life, 
He says, I will make your path straight. I will bring you into my path. You will walk. It might not be easy. It might be over some terrain. It might be through some troubles. But it will be the path I am on too. What a wonderful promise from the Lord. It's left for us. Do we trust Him? Will we trust Him? Will we trust Him not just one day a week? Not just in my personal life? Or maybe not just in my business life? Will you trust Him with all your heart? That's that's what we are called to. Before we close, let's say this verse. I hope as we say it together, thinking about this idea of trusting, about seeking to know Him on our ways, and that promise that He'll align his, our path with His. Hopefully this will mean more to us as we say it together now. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we, we truly struggle to trust You. We know we do. Sometimes we're not willing to pause and wait and we are in too big of a hurry, and we go running off in our own ways. Sometimes we, we have an idea of what you're going to tell us, and we'd rather avoid it. We'd like to go our own way and maybe take a different route. Lord, help us to trust you, to not lean on our own understanding, but to seek to know how you're walking in our lives, how you're working in our lives, and to follow you. Lord, we believe you that you will make our paths straight. But help us to trust you, Lord. Help us to be patient in those times of of waiting. Lord, help us not to lose heart and to give up right before you're about to do something awesome. And even if you're not about to do something awesome, Lord, help us not to let go of you until you do something ordinary and mundane that provides for us too. Help us to trust in you, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.